G'day friends, welcome back. We have our grand finalists. It will be Melbourne versus Adelaide at the Adelaide Oval this weekend. I'm going to run through the two prelims where they were won and lost, and I'm going to do the same for the upcoming game on Saturday. What is what are the important matchups? Who needs to be stopped? You know, the 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 way that Fremantle and Melbourne like to play. I think it's going to be a cracking game. We've got the two best teams in it. Let's get into it. Now, I do still have a little bit of COVID going on. I'm sort of, you know, coming out the other side of it, but I'm still a little bit, you know, you might be able to hear in my voice that I'm still not 100%. So sorry uh, about that. <clears throat> All right. So the first prelim, historic. Historic game at the MCG between Melbourne and Brisbane. Melbourne getting over, Melbourne. <laughs> Melbourne getting over the line by four points. It was a great contest in the end. Um, definitely the better of the two games. Um, Melbourne were just too good in the end. And and I think this is how it was meant to be. Melbourne and Adelaide have been the two best teams um, this year. It was a really even game in the first half, but then Melbourne in the third quarter, just they kicked a few goals in a row and Brisbane just had too much ground to make up in the last quarter. Alyssa Bannon. Now I'm going to talk about Alyssa Bannon when I get into, you know, talking about what's going to be important for this week, but she kicked three goals. She kicked the first goal ever in an AFLW game on the MCG, which is pretty historic. Everyone's kind of like, you know, I don't follow all of the AFLW content, but it doesn't seem like there's a lot of talk around her. She could literally decide this game on Saturday. She's such a weapon that if, you know, too much attention is paid to Harris she's the one who's going to benefit, right? And we saw that because Brisbane kept Taylor Harris really quiet. She had three touches and didn't hit the scoreboard. Very, very quiet. So it's going to come down to, you know, can they deal with the two of them? And I'm going to talk about that a little bit more. But yeah, too, too many times, Bannon was just way too fast and way too powerful for, for everyone around her. She, she's got... She's so tall, and yet she's got so much speed. She might be the fastest player in the league. It's it's really hard to tell. But just that she's so tall, so her legs are so long, and she can move so quickly. So you'd think that, you know, naturally, she's got to be one of the fastest, if not the fastest players in the competition. So she is, I'm sure Melbourne understand how valuable she is, but Adelaide need to make sure that they limit her abilities as much as possible. Um Lauren Pierce as well in the ruck. She was prob probably after Bannon. Um, she was Melbourne's best player. Going to be really, really important in the ruck on Saturday, especially with McKinnon being um, suspended for Adelaide. So she's going to be really important. Um, yeah, Br Brisbane. Brisbane. I mean, they didn't deserve to win this game. They weren't. At, they weren't as good as Melbourne on the day, and they haven't been as good as Melbourne all year. You know, they had a really good year. 
last year. <clears throat> Obviously, being the reigning premiers, but Melbourne have just been able to go to another level this year, and it's you know it's their ball movement. They've become this very attacking, corridor focused side, and you know, and we we saw them you know blow Fremantle away a few weeks ago by eighty points or how it was loads. They went well past a hundred points. Um, is the highest score ever. But, you know, they and they didn't score super heavily in this game because Brisbane are a good team, but that they're really hard to beat Melbourne unless you are very defensively minded. And because Brisbane are also very offensively minded, you know, it, ma- it makes sense the result went this way. Now, moving on to the other game, this is where this grand final suddenly becomes very interesting. So Melbourne are the best attacking team, Adelaide are the best defending team. So Adelaide defeated Fremantle 40 to 26. So, you know, pretty dominant winners in the end there. Fremantle didn't really ever look like they were going to win this game. They had the, you know, like you look at the stats, they had more disposals, um, they were more efficient with their disposals, but Adelaide are just so hard to score against. They totally suffocate you once you start to try and move the ball. They, they, they set up their zone, they crowd the corridor, so you've got to try and go around them, but because that takes so long, they can move across and intercept. Very, very, very difficult team to score against. So, unfortunately, Fremantle never really looked that dangerous when they had the ball. And, of course, when Adelaide have the ball, they are extremely dangerous. So, they've got Ash Woodland, leading goal kicker in the league this year up forward. She kicked a couple of goals. Um, and then they obviously got Aaron Phillips, who is a conduit for everything when, when they move the ball forward. She's either kicking goals herself or she's, you know, assisting and making them happen. So, you know, if, if Melbourne have got Harris and Bannon, Adelaide have got Woodland and Phillips. You can throw Daisy Pierce in there as well for, for Melbourne, but she sort of plays a couple of different roles and different sort of type of player. Um, and, you know, it, it was... Aaron Phillips is a very, very interesting player because she's near unstoppable, right? And th- there was one moment where O'Driscoll for Fremantle, she laid a really good tackle on Phillips. And I think, you know, th- and there was another moment as well where it was early on in the game where Phillips was surrounded by Fremantle defenders in her forward 50. And she sort of just waltzed her way through them and snapped and kicked a goal. Opposition defenders need to be, need to not be afraid to just totally surround her and box her in and, you know, apply as much pressure as possible onto Erin Phillips. Because if she's allowed to do basically whatever she likes, Adelaide aren't going to lose. They just won't. So... Even if you're sacrificing, you know, some other one-on-one defensive opportunities, you know, down the line, as in, you know, players are leaving their opponents to go to Phillips, I think that it's, I think that's worth it, and I'll talk more about this in a minute. But because if Phillips has to feed it out to somebody else, that somebody else is not going to be anywhere near as damaging as Phillips, on average, you know, because Phillips is the best player that's ever been in the AFLW, so. If she's forced to give the ball off, yeah, they might still get a goal, but there's also a chance that they won't. So 
I, th- I think that would be a tactic that Melbourne could employ. Anyway, yeah, free- Fremantle. I don't know. Like I, I sort of talked about this when they when they played Melbourne the other when they played North Melbourne the other week. Sorry, Fremantle. They haven't been consistent enough throughout the year. I think Melbourne, Brisbane, and Adelaide are the three best teams, most consistent throughout the season. Um, I think Fremantle had a bit too many ups and downs. Same with North Melbourne. To to really you know contend if they had somehow gotten through, I think. Melbourne or Brisbane would have absolutely blown them away. So I think we've got the best possible grand final combination right here. All right, let's talk about the game this week. So Melbourne need to stop Phillips and or Woodland, right? Woodland's probably more difficult to stop, honestly, because she's bigger. Um, you know, she's more of, much more of a key forward, much more likely to take a big contested mark, you know kick those kind of goals. So, you know, do they do they really focus in on trying to deal with Phillips and limit her output? Because we saw how damaging she was against Fremantle. She she was so dead like, you know, she's just running around the forward line doing whatever she wants. She's setting goals up. She's kicking them. They gotta, you know, as soon as the ball goes anywhere near her, they gotta send two or three players to her. Totally choke her up. Right? Can't let her get the ball and run around and have lots of time and, you know, chance to make all sorts of different decisions. No, put her under pressure and give her no time so that she makes poor decisions, right? You just, you have to make her life difficult because we know not only is she a brilliant player, but she plays really well in big games. I think she's twice best on ground in grand finals, including one where she did her knee halfway through. So, you know, she, she... She's just, she'll kill you if you let her. So I think, you know, I'm sure Melbourne have thought about this. They have to do something. They can't be afraid to tackle Erin Phillips. Because I feel like some of the, some of the girls in the competition are, they're not worried about getting hurt, but they're worried that Phillips is going to make them look silly or that there's no point in tackling her. Because, you know, what's it even going to do? If, if one of the players of the opposition just, like O'Driscoll did for Fremantle on the weekend, just tackles her hard. Maybe she's going to shake and then another teammate jumps in and helps. Just, you know, it, it, it takes a team effort to bring down a player like an Aaron Phillips, like a Dusty Martin, like a Christian Petrarca. You know, it takes more than one player to deal with them. So that would be how I would approach that. You also got to look at the two girls in the midfield, Marinoff and Hatchard, right? What do you do about them? Now them, you're not stopping both of them because they're, you know, they're, they might actually be, you know, despite um, Emily Bates winning the best and fairest award the other night, they might be the two best mids in the competition, you know, because they, they just took votes off each other <laughs> all, all year long. I think of, of the 60 available votes for Adelaide players throughout the year, the two of them picked up like third, what did they pick up? 38 of them or something? Just a crazy number of votes for the two of them. So Melbourne have got to pick one. You know, they both hurt you in different ways. They got to pick one that they got to try and shut out. And that just leaves one Adelaide midfielder who's doing a lot of damage rather than two. (laughs) So again, really, really difficult to stop. And you can sort of start to mount a case as to why Adelaide are going to be the favourites heading into this game. Now, in terms of 
Melbourne's dangerous players, you got Harris and Bannon, right? Now, obviously, Harris, she has the potential to rip a game apart. And if she can take some big contested marks, kick two or three goals, Melbourne are going to go a long way to winning this game. She, she absolutely has to have a good game. If she doesn't score like she did last week, they're not going to win. They just won't. So, like, this is why she was brought to the club, to help them win a premiership. And she's she's gotten them this far. So, this is, the, you know, this is just what she has to do on the weekend. She has to perform. Now, Alyssa Bannon, who I mentioned before. Now, I've, I've talked about what a weapon she is. If things aren't going their way in the middle of the ground, send her there. If, they, if they're not scoring enough, send her forward. Her abilities make her really dangerous in all areas of the ground. So you can put her wherever you need her and she's really going to help you out. Put her in the middle. She might be able to, you know, help get the ball through Adelaide's zone, which is going to be a problem for Melbourne. So like I said, I think she might be the most important player in this game if, if Melbourne use her to her strengths. And then you got Daisy Pierce, and you know Daisy and Aaron are the two, you know, the faces of the AFLW. Everyone knows what they've done, and you know it, it could be the last game for Daisy. Don't know. Um, seems that all the talk is that Aaron's going to go and sign up with Port Adelaide, which would make sense next year. So, at the least, it's probably her last game for Adelaide. Um, maybe Daisy has a big day. You know, she kicked six goals. The other week, maybe she has another really big day. Who knows? She's a very, very smart footballer. She doesn't have the size or the speed of some of her teammates, but very, very smart footballer. And, you know, if, if they sit her in the forward line to crumb, you know, these marks that maybe Harris doesn't take, she might have a big day. And, you know, she's another one that they can't sleep on. And they won't, you know, they know how dangerous she is. But it'll be really interesting to see how she goes and, the level of impact she has if the tools aren't having a big impact. That's what I'll be watching for. Um, the ruck battle is going to be really interesting as well. As I mentioned, McKinnon for Adelaide suspended. So it's it's going to be Pierce versus Gould. And I think that's going to be a really, really interesting matchup. If, if Pierce can give the Melbourne mids first use, that's going to be so important with, with Marinoff and Hatchard being so dangerous. Pierce has got a really important role to keep the ball away from them. <laughs> it's really, really crucial. Um, and then lastly, something I've mentioned a few times is, is the ball movement. So we know that Melbourne want to move the ball fast through the middle. They want to try and score a lot. Adelaide are the opposite. They want to choke you up. They want to set up their zone. They want to crowd the corridor. They want to make it really difficult for you to move the ball. So how are Melbourne going to negate that? It's a good question. I don't know. They can either try. They can either try and go around, which you know probably isn't going to go that great um, unless they can do it really well. They got to you know if they're going to do the switch, they got to be fast. They got to be bold, um, or they just got to try and kick their way through it. Um, be very patient, make good decisions, or they can try and you know run the ball through by hand. Might be a good way to do it. I don't know. It's really really hard. You know, and, and it comes, you know, a big thing will be, can they get first juice out of the, out of the middle from Lauren Pierce? That'll be very, very important because if they're having to score from their back half, 
that's where Adelaide are going to win the game because they're not going to let them get through. They've either got to go around them or somehow kick over them or move the ball through the zone. Very, very difficult to do. So I'm super intrigued to watch how it all plays out. The game is at 12.30 on Saturday at the Adelaide Oval. There was an interesting discussion about whether um, they should play it at the MCG regardless of whose home game it should be. Um, you know, there was a bit of talk that Adelaide should just say, oh, yeah, look, we're going to take this opportunity to play the first ever grand final at the MCG. You know, who knows how many people will turn up, as many as we want. You know, so it's an interesting idea because, you know, you're not giving Melbourne a home advantage. If only you ever played there once, you'd just be taking away your own home advantage. Um, I don't, I don't, I'm sure the idea wasn't even floated seriously. It was some commentators I heard talking about it, but... It was an interesting thought, and I wonder, you know, now that we've played one prelim at the MCG, I mean, if the, if the next season is going to start in August, there'll be no games played at the MCG because by the time it gets to finals, the cricket will be on. Um, so maybe it'll be the following season if they want to line it up more with the middle of the boys' season. I don't fucking know what they're going to do. Um, but yeah, I just think that's interesting. I, I think they'll, st- you know, they're going to get between forty and 50,000, you'd think. At the Adelaide Oval, depends on the weather, depends on other things, um, but it should be a great day. Should be a really, really good game. I think. I think when they played during the year, Adelaide got them with with exactly what I was talking about with that zone. They just didn't let Melbourne score, kept them to one goal. I think um, very low score. So Melbourne will have learnt a lot from that, and how much they learnt from that will determine whether or not they win the game. All right. That'll do for this one, guys. Thanks heaps for listening. Remember to like and subscribe to the podcast. Hopefully next week, my voice and my health will be back to normal. Um, yeah, we'll see how we go. I don't really want to keep doing these podcasts with my with my throat closing up and my, my, my nose all clogged. It's not very nice. All right, I'll see you guys next time. Bye.